Welcome to Simple Pleasures, a podcast about finding the joy in the everyday with me, Carrie. Each week I'll be talking about the little things that help me feel good and I'm inviting you along for the ride. With new episodes every Thursday, make sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out. Ready? Let's make our everydays the most joyful of all. Welcome back to season three of Simple Pleasures. I am so excited to be back and with lots of exciting episodes that I can't wait to share with you. If you're new here, then hello, I'm Carrie, host of Simple Pleasures, a podcast designed to help you feel good in your life, exactly as it is. We're kicking off season three today with an episode all about love. I know what you're thinking. Please don't do a soppy Valentine's episode. But before you press pause, wait. This isn't that episode. But it is about love. Just not the romantic kind. Instead, in this episode, I want to talk about the many other ways we experience love in our lives. To counterbalance the romance-heavy narrative that Valentine's Day often brings with it. So whether you're in a relationship happily single, newly separated, or everything in between. Let's talk love. Just maybe not as you know it. I feel most loved on my way home after a really good dinner with a friend. In the coffee break during a shopping trip with a pal where we share the day-to-dayness of our lives. When I'm curled up on the sofa of my chosen family's home, and I'm brought an unexpected cup of tea. When I hang up the phone and two hours have gone by in a blink while catching up with my friend in Switzerland, the physical distance between us suddenly feeling tiny. When a song comes on my headphones that is embedded in the shared tapestry of a friendship, its melody and lyrics transporting me to them. In submerging myself into a steaming bath, with nothing but my favourite podcast on the horizon for the next hour. Opening the fridge after a long day and realising I've already prepped dinner for myself the night before and all I have to do is heat it up. When I'm wrapping myself up in a warm towel after a shower, which I hung on the radiator, knowing I'd be cold when I got out. When my head rests on my childhood teddy, its familiar weight supporting me the way it always has, and offering a sturdy hand when life feels uncertain. Upon waking on Christmas morning and hearing the sounds of my chosen family busily getting ready and wrapping presents, and in the quiet of that first cup of tea in the morning, giving myself ample time to wake up and greet the day slowly. Love. There are so many ways to feel it, And yet the one society talks about the most and tells us might be the most important is romantic. And don't get me wrong, there are so many brilliant things about being in romantic love and I feel lucky to have experienced it at several different points in my life. But today I want to shine a light on the other forms of love. Like the platonic love of friends and the love you grow for yourself the kinds of love that it's easy to shrug off or take for granted and not even name as love. 
because when I started to look for it, it became impossible to ignore the presence of it in my life. The consistent ebbs and flows of it in so many different forms. And whilst I've been off searching for romantic love, it's been these other kinds of love that have been there waiting for me, quietly and with compassion. In friends I've known nearly my whole life, and in newly formed connections. In the steadiness of my own self-care, and in the traces of it left by those who have loved me in years gone by. But I'm getting ahead of myself here. Let's start at the beginning before this realisation had hit home. I was single for most of my 20s. My dating history wasn't smooth sailing. In fact, you wouldn't be far off if you said chaotic. After coming out post-graduation, I felt like I had so much catching up to do when it came to relationships and getting to know my sexuality. But coming out came with its own set of baggage, and it kick-started a therapeutic journey that would carry me right up to 28 and lead to my estrangement. The room it left for dating was minimal. My life felt unsteady, and I craved for the stability that came with being in a relationship, but didn't know how to be committed to someone when I felt so uncommitted to my own life. I was starting to lose grip on three of the most important relationships to me, my mum, my dad and my sister. Although it would be many years until I officially became estranged, those early years of my 20s were spent trying to find a way to be part of my family in any way I could, which after five years of trying, I realised wasn't going to happen anytime soon. In this time, I'd had a handful of situationships and a couple of relationships, but I felt pretty cynical about the whole thing. If you've ever been on a dating app, I'm sure you'll understand that creeping disappointment that can come with them. At points, it simply felt impossible to meet someone. And when I did, it was hard to hide the fact that my life was crumbling down behind me. Looking back, the relationships I did have during this time weren't ones I showed up to as my best self. And after a particularly painful breakup that I instigated to be on and off and on and off again, I decided to stay single for a long time. When I hit 30, I truly felt like perhaps a long-term relationship, in the traditional sense, wasn't something that was going to happen for me. That even though romantic love and partnership was something I craved for, maybe it wasn't on the cards, or not at least until much later on. It wasn't something that sat comfortably with me, and I struggled with feeling worthy after becoming estranged. In my worst moments, it felt like I was being punished for cutting out the most golden of relationships, family. But now, coming up to 34 in the summer, I am so grateful for those single years because it forced me to expand my definition of what having love in my life looked like. It came in the form of friends who I'd known forever and I could pop over to see at a moment's notice in the warmth of their homes that welcomed me and offered me a brew and biscuit. 
in New Friends and weekend adventures exploring a city I was falling in love with. In handwritten notes left in kitchen cupboards by my housemates, sellotaped to a chocolate bar after a stressful week at work. In the dependability of the sea waves kissing the shore and the salty streets that accepted me in every mood and weather. In the therapy room where I continued to show up each week and in the big Tesco's where I bought myself treats afterwards. In my rented room with postcards blue tapped to the wall and jam jars I'd fill with flowers. In weekly phone calls with friends where we navigated this new adult life together. There was so much love. I simply had to notice it for what it was. Now this isn't to say it wasn't also lonely and difficult and there were Sunday nights I spent wishing for one person that was just for me. But being single at such a pivotal moment in my life helped me gain an understanding of love as not just something reserved for romance but something that can be found just as powerfully in friendships and within my relationship to myself. And that stayed with me ever since. I didn't feel this next bit at the time, but it's something I'm starting to understand as I get older. The legacy love leaves. Even though I no longer have any contact with my mum, the love she gave me lives on in me. There's a trace of it when I buy myself flowers in the supermarket or treat myself to the fancy shower oil. It's there when I'm poorly and make myself a hot orange squash in the middle of the night, a ritual she's done for me countless times. It's in my laughter lines and small hands and I can wrap it around myself like a giant duvet simply by holding myself tightly. Just because she's no longer in my life doesn't mean that the love has gone anywhere. A big lesson I learnt in therapy was how to hold on to the good parts of my family whilst putting up boundaries to protect myself from the not so good parts. Which continues to be something I work on and is by no means easy, but by allowing myself to acknowledge the love they have for me, alongside the more difficult parts, means I can continue to feel it and nurture those relationships long after the contact has been cut. It's the same for friendships I've lost contact with. Not everything has to end with the friendship. The joy and laughter and love can remain. I've spoken on the podcast before about how incredibly grateful I am for the friendships I have in my life and how many of them have taken on a familial nature. But there are many friendships that have become more distant, losing that closeness due to distance or time or simply circumstance. Like the friends I made at university, who I was so close to in my 20s. In the past three years, I've slowly grown apart from. A mixture of distance and life and the pandemic has shifted its place in my life and in theirs. But the love remains. The laughter when I remember something that happened or a particular famed anecdote in our circle that still makes me cry with laughter when I think about it. I can hold the love alongside the discomfort and sadness of losing touch. Because the love I felt in those friendships helped shape me into who I am today. 
The drunken nights out waking up in a pool of embarrassment, soothed by Saturday afternoons watching Sex in the City. Weekends spent held up on our second-hand sofas, snuggled under our duvets instead of putting the heating on. Weekends away together after we graduated, satelliting into each other's lives and catching up with each other's families. Our group chat, which was my constant for so many years, a safe place to land sharing our day-to-days in minute detail. I let the love sink deep into my skin. Three people who knew me when I was still learning to know myself. That kind of love doesn't leave you. I'm at that point in my 30s where each of my friends' lives feels so different from each other's. Some are married with either children already or on the horizon. Others are newly single and rediscovering what the next five years might look like. Some are settled in where they live and others are about to make a fresh start somewhere new. It feels like everyone is in different points in their lives. In a way that in my late teens and throughout my 20s, we weren't. We were all on slightly different but similar paths and knew where the others were headed because that's where we were headed too. Our lives naturally crossed over in that way. Whereas now, it feels like we're all setting out on slightly different journeys. And I love that because I see my friends happier, more at peace and secure in themselves. But it's tough too. More effort is needed to maintain those friendships and to stay connected to the people you love the most. So perhaps I'm not surprised that it's been in my 30s that I've lost some of those friendships I didn't think I ever would. But I try to hold on to the love and let that stay with me, even if the friendship goes adrift. Lately, the word self-love seems to have lost all meaning. It's been eaten up by marketing, monetized and resold to us in the form of nice soaps and expensive journals. But this isn't the kind of self-love I mean. I'm talking about the love where you put yourself to bed early, after a long hot shower, and cancel your plans the next day because you're desperate for rest. The love that does boring self-care, like washing your laundry or booking yourself a much-needed doctor's appointment. The kind of love that is consistent and reliable, and that shows up on the bad days as well as the great ones. It's a love I'm still growing, that trips me up and challenges me, because it is so difficult sometimes to garner that caring, nurturing voice when you're feeling full of grief, anxious or stressed. It's why I sometimes have cereal for dinner instead of cooking myself something filling and cosy, or why I let my flat become an absolute tip before cleaning it properly. It's a love that can fight against itself and you cannot hide things from. The voice I sometimes hear in my head can be so cruel and says things I wouldn't ever dream of thinking, let alone saying to a friend. And yet, the times when I've really needed it, that self-love is there with no questions asked. Calm, all-knowing and all-loving. It knows the very worst parts of me and loves me regardless. 
and it doesn't need a fancy scented candle to do so. I've been trying to grow this voice in therapy since I started going at 23. I'm 33 now. That's 10 years of trying to understand and deepen it, of making painfully difficult decisions to look after myself more kindly, of not knowing if things would get better and of desperately believing they could. And whilst I still feel like there's so much work to do in learning how to love myself fully, there's something in repeatedly turning up for myself that shows me I am. In the not walking away, in the financial commitment of 10 years of therapy, in the glasses of water I drink stood up in the kitchen afterwards, in prioritising this work over building my savings, in going when I don't want to, and in stopping for a break when it's needed. I see glimpses of her when I say no to a drink that I know will make me anxious hours later, and in taking myself to an exercise class that will make me feel good in both mind and body. In train tickets bought to see friends that help me feel grounded, and in weekend lunches at my favourite sushi place, carving out time to do things we like. She's on her way. And all I need to do is keep nurturing, caring and showing up for myself. And I know she'll arrive one day. And so while I hugely value the romantic love in my life, I also try to place the same value on the other places I feel love too. Like friendships that feel as comfortable as slipping on your favourite old jumper. Or the cities I've lived in whose familiarity have become like an old friend themselves. I try to find ways to remember and honour people who are no longer in my life and feel the vastness of love there too. And then there's the everyday loving acts I do for myself without even thinking, like making sure there's always enough milk for a cup of tea and taking myself out for long rambling walks whenever the sun comes out. All love leaves traces on you. It's about noticing and letting that love sink in. Romantic love can be wonderful and fulfilling and joyful, but I hope this episode has helped you think about other types of love that can be just as wonderful, fulfilling and joyful too. Sometimes it just takes a little extra time to recognise it in the same light. Thank you so much for listening. If you like this episode, then why not share it with a friend? and help grow the Simple Pleasures community. And if you want more Simple Pleasures in your life, then make sure to follow the podcast on Instagram and TikTok at It's The Simple Pleasures. Until then, keep on seeking out those everyday joys.